0: Ladies and gentlemen, rebel scum and loyal to the Empire, this is Sith Talk, the show that talks about Star Wars movies, Star Wars news, Star Wars TV, sometimes Star Wars books whenever I get around to reading them. I am your host, Zach Chrisman, aka the Lord of Lore, and joining me is Brandon, the Bendu. Um, Brandon, how you doing, man?
1: I'm actually really, really good today. Uh, Speaking of books, I ventured to my local public library and picked up three uh, different star Wars books that I want to reread. So what would you pick up, uh, inquisitor rise of the red blade, the greatest book of, of all time, obviously it was, they had it like featured. I was like, well, duh, uh, resistance reborn, which I, so I listened to audiobooks as I, I try to go to sleep and I've been, yeah. uh, I was listening to that one for a little while and was like, man, I need to revisit this cause I legitimately don't remember what happened in that book. Uh, and then shadow of the Sith, because it is also fantastic. And, uh, so I don't know which one I'm going to read next. Right now I'm reading uh, "Out of the Shadows," the High Republic YA book by the great Justina Ireland. So I've got lots of stuff to uh, to read um, going into a really nice break in Star Wars books, which I know I've mentioned before that I'm kind of glad the releases are slowing down a little bit. We're obviously getting like we're getting the Living Force about the Jedi Council, which is going to be cool. We're getting the Mace Windu book, but there's not a bunch of hybrid republic stuff coming out this year. There's not a bunch of book announcements coming out this year. So I'm really looking forward to utilizing my public library more than I have been able to of late because I'm going to get the chance to reread stuff. So,
0: well, yeah. I'm, I'm actually, uh, I, I needed a break after, uh, after last episode, I had talked about the dark tower and all that stuff. And that book was so emotional for me that I couldn't think about any other characters for a long time, like getting into books. I think, so I think I've probably had about three weeks off and I haven't started anything um, because it just, that that book series meant so much to me. And I, I would literally think about it after I finished it and and what it all meant and like look at re- Reddit and stuff like that. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't actually think about any other books because I just was, it was just encompassing. It was just like so powerful. I just, I, I love that series. I'm I'm like a huge fan of it, but today I finally started the Eye of Darkness, um, which the break, I'll agree with you, is really nice because it gives me a chance to actually catch up now that I can actually think about it. I'm not that far in, um, but I did start it, so tomorrow my work job is going to pretty much leave just like me, isolated, working like by myself, so I'll probably get through a lot of it. Um, but I'm really excited and it's really nice to like, I took so much time off from Star Wars books that I'm, I'm so excited to get back into it. And I don't feel like I'm just reading another Star Wars book. I feel like I'm actually like engaged to do it. So the break and all this, all this, uh, time spent away feels really, really nice.
1: Yeah. So I've started like reading a nonfiction book book, uh, alongside whatever fiction book I'm reading, working on, you know, self-development and self-improvement and things like that. Yeah. And that's actually kind of been a cool way to give a break within continuing in Star Wars. Cause I, like, I haven't had the chance to revisit books that I've wanted to reread the three of them that I mentioned earlier being amongst those. Um, but even just having something else that you're, you're reading, um, alongside of whatever the Star Wars thing you're reading has been kind of a revelation for me. And I'm one of those people who can read multiple books at the same time and, and keep up with what's going on. I know some people can't really do that. Um, and, and that's totally okay. Different people read in different ways, but yeah, that's been pretty cool too, to just kind of, um, get that extra little side piece as far as books go. You know what I mean? Has been a lot of fun. So, yeah, Star Wars books is is a lot of fun, and uh, Star Wars is a lot of fun, so I'm excited to talk about it today.
0: Yeah, so um, kind of getting into, we're, we're kind of going to go on a little bit of a broad range of, you know, things, but the main question of today is, what in Star Wars works for you the most, and what maybe doesn't work? Um, we're just going to kind of leave these conversations, as Sit Talk always does, we like these big um, deep dive conversations about nuances so we're going to talk about what works and what doesn't work and I think how we're going to structure it is we'll do a positive and a negative and we'll go from there so I'm going to start with you Brandon when it comes to Star Wars what does work for you?
1: I think the biggest thing for me is the characters Uh, a lot of movies that fall into the sci-fi fantasy category a lot of stories that do that tend to focus on the worlds and the fantasy and sci-fi elements. They tend to focus on uh, the plot or, you know, overcoming the bad guy, all of those different things, right? And for me, the main thing that makes Star Wars work is that it really is at its core about the characters. Like, if you think even back to A New Hope, the story is not that interesting. It's farm boy goes... Gets out of his element, saves the galaxy. It's it's a pretty basic, it's not a mind-blowing storyline, right? So what makes A New Hope work? Well, look at the relationship between Luke and Obi-Wan. Look at the relationship between Han and Chewie. Look at the developing relationship between Han, Luke, and Leia, right? Look at all of those characters individually and their internal struggles and external struggles that set up. I mean, say for, for Chewie, you kind of know everybody's internal and external conflicts and it's never just blatantly told to you it's told through the development of the characters throughout the story it's not forced and it feels very organic so i think that's the biggest element for me and i know as i kind of look at star wars books in particular that's kind of the biggest element that makes those things work right because with a a movie or tv show you can have a little bit of leeway by making better visuals by uh, innovating with new technology. And you can, to some extent, cover up or distract your audience from a lack of character development. I don't think you can completely, but it's possible. When you look at the Star Wars books, the distinction I really like to make is between the new canon and the legends. And this is I'm gonna speak in absolutes, but these are not absolute things. But I think the new canon focuses on the characters, And character development and character relationships, whereas the Legends universe uh, focused more on three-act structure, on sci-fi elements, on what kind of ships can we get in here, what kind of new weapon can they have, uh, what kind of new power can the Force, um, you know, What kind of new force power can we create? Those kinds of things. And it didn't really focus on doing anything new and exciting with the characters. And so for me, that is one of the reasons I find it really hard to read. Besides, just a lot of the writing is just not good. But that's a whole nother conversation. Uh, But yeah, one of the things that distinguishes the old canon from the legends is that character development. And I think that really gets to the core of what makes star Wars work.
0: And I, I wouldn't disagree with you. I I have a couple add ons that, which kind of goes into my, what does work. So I'm going to kind of technically count it since it's like kind of a free range thing. Anyway, Um, I will agree with you when it comes to characters um, in star Wars, specifically again, um, you know, specifically the women for me um you have to look at the time frame that these movies came out um princess leia really kind of changed the landscape for women to have not not just essentially a sex object um a romance Mm -hmm. object there was so much to that character in the opening line Uh, a woman with powerful words a woman who was cunning a woman who um was you know hell and determined to stop this empire from succeeding. And that was something from the very beginning that has always been kind of still remains. Like when you look at, it doesn't matter like about the rise of Skywalker and how you feel about the movie as a whole, but like they continued traditions throughout that whole, throughout Star Wars in general of just creating strong women. And that's not to take away from the very strong men that are in there, but it's something that was unique from the very beginning that I think doesn't essentially, it doesn't get overlooked, but I think it's nice to point out because, um, we take that for granted had we grown up with that stuff. But like, as a, as a kid, like seeing both, especially like with the prequels, seeing both men and women be equally as powerful in whatever their job role is in said movie, it really folds, uh, it really changes. Uh, it's a good perspective to, to learn early on as a kid to see everyone even as opposed to what we used to get. And I'm not, I'm not bashing older movies. I'm not bashing movies where there's a woman who's the romance thing. I'm just saying from an early age, it, it's really nice seeing a powerful woman. Um, so that's what really stands out specifically with me when it comes to Star Wars from the very beginning and the characters. Obviously, every character had um, their own story, their own thing. Nothing was truly black and white outside of the Empire and people who work for the Empire. Um, everybody had nuance. But that was the biggest thing for me because my two favorite movies that came out in the 70s are uh star wars a new hope and then alien and that's you know that's um ripley i mean it's like seeing a badass chick come in and wreck shop it's uh i i think it was unique for the time and i think it really stands out and and that's something that star wars has continued with tradition um when it comes to their characters to add on to what you said about the books i will agree While I do love a decent amount of old canon, what I primarily love with the old canon is the Old Republic stories, which even then you had powerful women, which adds to what I'm talking about anyway. Like even in the Old Republic game, you had Bastila, who was this powerful, powerful being. And going into the second one, you had Kreia, which she was like, mysterious bad all that stuff like just phenomenal characters but yeah like the new jedi order series stuff like that that was much more about like the sci-fi effect the you know the the storyboard stuff that you were talking about so i i would tend to agree with you on that
1: well and i think if you look at you know what kind of stories are we wanting more of today Right. And we're going back and we're flushing out Leia's character more in books like Bloodline and Leia, Princess of Alderaan and in the sequel trilogy, making her, you know, such a feature character. And the fact that even after losing Carrie Fisher, we wanted more Leia stories. We didn't want them to just stop telling it because, you know, Leia and Carrie are so intertwined with one another. No, this was such a well-developed character Uh, in and of herself, but also a character who we wanted more development for, right? Like, it's well known that, you know, Leia and Mon Mothma are the only women that get speaking lines in the original trilogy, which sucks, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we, we have to take the positive with the negative of, yes, they developed, you know, a great female character. Even going to the prequels with Padme, they developed a great female character, but they let her down in Revenge of the Sith, right? And so... We see these characters who are worthwhile and interesting and dynamic, and we want more stories told with them. That leads to things like Mon Mothma's development in Andor and Rogue One, and the Queen's Trilogy by E.K. Johnston developing Padme and the Handmaidens even more, right? And I think, you know, Disney more than Lucasfilm has before really is trying to take the pulse of fandom. I think before George was just kind of like, ah, yeah, let's make it and see what happens. And not that not that uh, the new Lucasfilm, the Disney Lucasfilm, is succumbing to what fans want 100%, but I think they are trying to keep more of a pulse of what fans want. And there has been a growing section of female fans that are either A, coming out and speaking up for the first time about things that they want and not sitting in the background anymore because they feel like, you know, men are telling them they don't deserve a seat at the table, which unfortunately happened quite a bit and still happens quite a bit. Or B, they are getting into these stories now because they have taken this idea that started with Leia and started with Mon Mothma and they're going, okay, yes, they started that, but they didn't do it well enough. So let's do Jin, Let's do Ray. Let's do Ray Sloan. Let's do all of these, you know, uh, Iscat, Like, let's do all of these different female characters that are... are engaging and, like I said, dynamic and really get us to want to know more of them. And I think it says a lot that, you know, as two, you know, middle-aged white guys sitting on a Star Wars podcast, which is the most cliche thing of all time, that's something that stands out to us because, yes, we need female stories to connect with females. We need females telling female stories, all of those things. And also we need those stories to connect with broader audiences. And so, you know, it's, it's really encouraging for me, thinking of my students living in this world where these female characters not only are going to be there for the women of the world, but are also going to be there for the men of the world, of the world to help them um, develop their, their feminine side and be in touch with, with more of the fullness of who we are as people, which, Again, goes back to that character development I was talking about uh, earlier. like the characters of Star Wars, I think, do a phenomenal job of helping us understand ourselves in our real world and the lessons that they can provide us and that's to me, that is the key to what makes Star Wars work
0: and I, and I, I would completely I would completely agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, when it comes to the actual the books, that, that that's one of the things that we definitely get something out of. So with that being said, I am going to go into one of my things that what doesn't works for me, because I feel like it does apply a little bit to what we're talking about right now. I love the character development. I love the characters. Um, one of the things that you're probably going to disagree with me, but it's, it's not working for me anymore. It's why I've kind of moved towards really covering most of the high republic and it is the the amount of books about characters we already know and timelines we've already been in that's what's starting I'm not going to say it doesn't work for me that's a little black and white so I'm going to give it a gray area and I'm going to say that it's starting to not work for me the deep dives going back in and, and I'm not saying the books themselves aren't good I'm just saying that When I get another Anakin Obi Wan book, um, you know it's like it's not as appealing as it once was. When I get another Leia book, it's not as appealing as it once was. When we get, um, I mean, like the Mace Windu book being announced, I'm excited for because we're not we haven't gotten like pretty much anything out of Mace Windu. Like there's been nothing, so I'm excited for that. But it's like we keep returning to these characters. that I feel like I already know, and and the stories to me, while the character development, and I appreciate getting inside those characters' head. It's it's fun. The stories, and I'm not saying they have to be world-ending, world this that whatever. Bloodline is a standout by far, and that is not a world-ending story. Um, but the they're very contained, and it's to me what it's starting to feel a bit tired. Um, take that what you will.
1: Well, I think you're definitely on to something there. Uh, and it kind of leads into something that doesn't work for me, which is kind of being too attached to the nostalgia of things. This is a uh, talk, baby.
0: You can say whatever you want. We're, this is open-ended conversation. Well,
1: I, I look at Thrawn, for example, right? Like, we ha- we now have six new Thrawn books after however many... yes books we had in the sequels, or in the, excuse me, in the expanded universe. Yes. And five out of six of them are garbage. They're just straight horseshit. Like, there's no character development for Thrawn at all. He doesn't do anything new or interesting. Like, the Ahsoka series started to shift things for me on him because I think we're starting to see him change in terms of connecting the elements of the empire and technology and his, his skill as a technician with an understanding of the force as an element in the galaxy. So if they continue to develop that, I might change my tune on, on Thrawn, but I think he is a testament to the larger problem that you're talking about is we're just going back to the same well over and over again and not doing anything new. And so you can hold two conflicting thoughts in your head at the same time, right? Stories like The Princess and the Scoundrel are amazing. And also, do we need more Han and Leia stories? Stories about Obi-Wan and Anakin, Brotherhood, one of the best Star Wars books of all time, in my opinion. Do we need another Anakin and Obi-Wan story? Like, there's a caveat there, I would say, of like that one happens right after Attack of the Clones, so I think we do need more during that time. But the point still stands of like, when are we going to do something new? right and that's one of the things that makes stories like shadow of the sith interesting because even though it goes back to old characters it's not just about those old characters it's advancing the story forward we're getting more of an understanding of ray's history and things like that it's leaning into these things that we haven't talked about before and i think as we move to this era of James Mangold's uh, beginning of the Force in, in the Jedi and everything, and into Ray's New Order. I think as those eras get flushed out, we'll start to get more of a variety in our storytelling. I'm hoping we'll get more of a variety in our storytelling because, yeah, just going back to the same things over and over again, like, yes, it's going to sell stuff to us now, but. Part of the reason you and I come back to Star Wars time and time again is because of the newness that was created around the time we were growing up with the prequels coming out, right? That newness re-inspired Star Wars and reinvigorated Star Wars. We had it again with the sequel trilogy, but I don't feel like they've capitalized on it. Look how few Rey stories we have. Look how few Ben Solo stories we have. Instead, we're getting more stories about, like I said, Han, Leia, Luke, Anakin, Obi-Wan, the same few characters. And while I love those stories, I can also recognize that in the long term, I don't think that's good for the future of Star Wars to focus too much on those. That's why the High Republic has been so huge, because we're able to get all of those new elements. Well, Uh, and sorry,
0: I interrupted. No, 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 go Um, ahead. Well, and that's one thing that, like, not to bring you out of Star Wars, but for the longest time, you know, now we're seeing in the box office DC movies collapsing, and that's because James Gunn's starting the new DCU. People aren't interested, and people weren't interested because we had a million DC shows on the CW. Uh, you know, we had this, that, and whatever. But for the longest time, Warner Brothers. In the old regime, before they were bought by AT&T and this whole big DCU-CW thing came to be about, they would allow people to do shows. They would allow them to do whatever they wanted, except they would protect their legacy characters. No Batman on TV, no Superman on TV, no Wonder Woman. Protect our legacy, that is the brand. Keep them... Keep the audience wanting more of them and don't cheapen the brand. And I feel like every time we get, you know, and I'm not saying they're not good books. I'm just saying they're repetitive because they're the same characters in a universe that is so expansive. Absolutely. Right about now, uh, four years removed from The Rise of Skywalker. If they came out with a Ben book, I would read it in five seconds. If they came out with a Finn book, I would read it in five seconds. I would read a Ray book. I'd read all these things because we're not getting any of them. Like, pretty much all we got about Ben's backstory outside of the movies. And some little details based on the books we've read. Um, We've gotten, like, a comic book by Charles Soule, which was great, but it wasn't even, excuse me, um, it just, like, wasn't even that much was told. There's so much ground to cover um, between like, even, you know, um, between the movies, even, I mean, there, there's just a lot of ground to cover and it's just like, every time I keep getting these, these other books, it's like, man, do I really need to know how, I mean, at one point there was like a comic book and I forget the the specific thing, but it was like, this is a story about how Luke got his jacket in, uh, attack of the, or I mean, um, sorry, I'm blanking. What is it? Empire Strikes Back. And I was like, oh, oh cool. Yeah. Didn't need to know that. Um, yeah. it's just a little bit like protect your legacy characters. It's not like an end all be all. It's just kind of like, I haven't really stepped back in, but when you bring up, you know, books like Lords of the Sith, that was very much like a needed book. I would say that is a staple necessary book, if you want to, uh, have your, if you want to have your characters in your imagination, like, you know, everybody dreamed on like, what would Luke say? when he sees Anakin and all of that is so powerful in that book and it matters. And it's not like, Oh, Anakin makes an appearance. That's cool. No, like it, 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 it directly impacts the story. And it's something that everybody wanted to, to kind of see. And even then I still want to see them unpack this relationship much more. Um, so that book was definitely a necessity when it came to Luke. I just want them to have a little bit more of a stricter, um, a stricter release schedule on these things. Like, look, if we're going to release this, things have to matter. There has to be a reason why we're writing this book outside of, like, we we need to make another Luke book because we don't know what to do.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. And, again, like, you're continuing to build this world, and I think they are letting these stories that have so much depth go too quickly. And what I mean by that is... Once Andor season 2 is done, I got 20 bucks that says we never hear of a new piece of Andor content ever again. Like Mon Mothma not counting because she started somewhere else, but we're not going to see anything more about Cassian. We're well, not going to see doing any three more seasons about of Andor. No, it's two.
0: They're two and done cuz at, at yeah, one point they were going to do 4 seasons.
1: Nope, nope. As far as I know, they're they're two and done. This next year is going to cover or this next season is going to cover all the way up to the start of Rogue One. Yeah. So we're and, and we're not gonna get any more of uh, you know, people on his home planet. We're not gonna get any more about uh, you know, whatever cool things happen in season two, right? We're probably never gonna get a Reva story again when she was a really interesting character that you could have told more about in the Obi Wan series. And so I get that they are saving these stories for other avenues. But there there needs to be a, a sense of reality of, okay, so we can tell these one-off stories about Han, Luke, and Leia. Why are we too afraid to do it? Is, is it because we're too afraid to actually stick with what we've created? That, to me, is a, a real issue. If you're not willing to commit to the story that you're telling because another story might come around better later... That is acting out of fear, and, and that is, is antithetical of what Star Wars is about. I think, hey, we've got this really interesting character. Let's tell a story about them right now. Let's capitalize on their popularity right now. Imagine if you had, right before Rise of Skywalker, you had more Ray Finn, and Poe stories coming out so that fans like you and I who are going to invest in those characters go into the movie knowing more about their relationship. Like that would be fantastic. It it worked perfectly for Rogue One. Reading Catalyst before going into Rogue One was mind blowing because you went in and that whole prologue scene, you knew years of history between these characters. Yeah. Why are they not doing that anymore? It doesn't make any sense to me. And to me, it's them acting out of fear of we don't know if we're actually gonna be able to follow through on all of these stories we say we're going to tell. So instead we're not going to deep dive into these stories and we're not going to build out um, these separate little areas that we have outside of the one medium that we're telling them in. The Mandoverse we're telling on TV, all of it's got to stay on TV, right? Until we get to the movie, of course. But we're not putting out Mandoverse books. Why? Why are you not telling side quests of Grogu and and uh, Din? Why are you not retelling the story from... Um, oh my God, I just re- blanked on the bad guy's name in Mando.
0: Um,
1: John Carlos Esposito's yes, character. Gideon. Gideon. Why are you not telling the story from Gideon's point of view? You know, why are you not telling a story about the, uh, you know, the recovery program that they have for the Imperials that we see? Like, there's so many things that you could be doing and you have so many avenues to do it. And it almost seems like they're too afraid to actually follow through on that. And, It bothers me. It bothers me quite a bit, as you can tell.
0: Well, I mean, especially, like, when you can tell good stories with characters who are completely unknown. So, I mean, it's like, I can argue and say, well, Gideon's not a big enough character. Um, But, you know, I mean, the Mando has been carrying Star Wars on its back, like, literally Mm -hmm. ever since Rise of Skywalker came and went. And left a lot of bad people's Rise of Skywalker. I'm I'm not shitting on it it left a lot of a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth, but we had Mando, which was so positive that everybody was like, ah, I did not like that, but man, this is gold. It came out at the right time. And if you can create characters like Iscat, uh, new characters that nobody know anything about, um, you can definitely tell stories about, um, icons that are on the TV on the silver screen. I mean, you definitely Mm -hmm. can, and there's more room to grow. And I, I would be interested in these stories. Um, and I just I I'm, I'm kind of reluctant, and that that doesn't like not so. People misunderstand why I love the Old Republic. I think they just think Zach likes action, war, sci-fi. Um, he only cares about Jedi and Sith and all that stuff. And it's true to an extent that I do tend to lean towards those kind of stories because i love the force i love the jedi i love the mystical aspect of the world that i can still get into characters that aren't mystical or anything like that but the reason why i fell in love with the old republic and never dropped it was because even though we had the prequels well no we didn't star wars went away you know um when i got into the old republic there was no more star wars we were done we had done our six movies that's it that's all you're gonna get And when I stumbled upon The Old Republic, it was a completely different world with completely different characters. And if you've actually played that game, you know that every single character has nuances. They're different. Like, everything about every single character that you meet in that game is special in their own right. Like, they they stand out on their own terms. And they're beautiful story arcs. And the whole aspect of the old republic is essentially are you going to let friendship help you stop the sith or will you join them and that's your choice to make in the games but the characters are wonderful wonderfully written characters in a world that's vastly different the only thing that's alike in those worlds is you have jedi versus sith but the world that they introduced was so much different and that's why I really like The Old Republic. It's not specifically just the the cool force powers. Like, it's an old game. I played it when it was older. Like, at that point, it was like four years past when it came out. It was an older game. I played it because I really liked the idea, the concept, and bought into the story. That's why I like the game. And that's why I continue to play the game every couple of years. Um, because well, I think again, that it's... leads
1: to... I think that leads to... Something else that makes Star Wars work and it's that it focuses on its themes and it it I know a lot of people complain about uh, You know, oh, they're just doing the same themes over and over again. I don't think that's the problem I think the themes that Star Wars focus on are the the most important themes we have in life like you said choosing friendship choice redemption uh, facing darkness all of these things that are foundational to living a good life there they can definitely do some more in the creativity division as far as how they tell those things but i think starting with lucas he knew what he wanted star wars to be about and it wasn't about spaceships and pew pews it was about themes and uh guidance for our lives and I don't have as much of a history with the old Republic as you do, but even knowing something as simple as like Revan going from light to dark and back to light, like that is a very star Wars thing of redemption. And so when stories continue that, uh, I think that's what really makes star Wars work is yes, we've got this huge galaxy and there's a lot of stories to tell, but here are the foundational themes that Star Wars is about and you can do it in new and creative ways and or sticks with the same themes it's just doing them in a very new way Shadow of the Sith same thing for books like it's telling us the same things and it's also developing the stories more uh you know Rebels did that really well it it, it didn't come out with any new crazy themes it just did it in a very creative way, and it created dynamic characters and told, got us to the end point that, that shows us that theme in new and creative ways. You know, it wasn't always, oh, somebody has to fall to the dark and go back to the light and they have to die when they do it. You know, it wasn't a repetition of that, but it is a repetition of these themes. And I think that that's important to continue to make Star Wars develop. And when you look at going back to what I was talking about before of stories like Thrawn or um, even to a certain extent, the Book of Boba Fett, which I think I love that show, but I think it's the one of the weaker ones of the new canon. Like, they don't spend as much time on those themes. They spend as far as the Thrawn books go, it's more about the Thrawn is a mastermind. I think where Book of Boba Fett fell a little bit short is it didn't Um, take the time it needed. It didn't really know what the end point it wanted to get to was. Um, So I think that that falls short there as far as themes. It was a great action-adventure show. It was a lot of fun. But I think that part of the reason it didn't connect as well was because of that lack of themes. Flip over to Mandoverse. Flip over to Ahsoka. They are telling these same themes that we've gotten for going on 46 years now, something like that, something crazy. We've told the same themes over and over again. I'm looking at over 200 Star Wars books in my room right now. The ones that work all have the same themes. And so, yes, we can definitely do it in new and creative ways, but I think Star Wars is best when it sticks with its stalwart themes.
0: Yeah, I I, I would agree. Um, it's definitely when we get... Um, when we get our plot ahead of our characters that we tend to, Mm -hmm. tend to fail. Um, I'm looking at you rise of Skywalker. Sorry. Um, no,
1: you're not wrong there.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's just how I feel. Um, I will say that one of the things that I have been struggling with, again, adding to my excitement, like overwhelming excitement for the acolyte for even, um, what's it called? The skeleton crew, um, it just pretty much, like, all the, new, um, all the new releases coming out is they're all different territories. They're all in different territories. Like, yeah, Skeleton Crew is technically in Mando, but I feel like there's enough in that timeline to where it feels fun, it's interesting, it's a good timeline. Like, I like the Mando timeline. Um, I am so excited for that, and that's what's really working for me, is all these, like, new High Republic books, all these new timeline announcements and stuff like that. And like, what's not working for me is like, dude, I love Andor. I think Andor is a gr- like, probably on paper, the best written Star Wars show um, out there. Maybe one of the best written Star Wars things to come out in a yeah, very, very, say. very long time. Here's the thing: I still struggle getting into it, even though it's so good. And I'm I'm not saying it's not. I, I it's so good, but dude. After Andor, I want to be done with the Empire versus the Rebellion. Like, that is something that Andor is so good that I can bypass my disdain for it, if that's the right word. Uh, I guess that's a little harsh. No, it's 100% right. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, I think you're 100% right. My disdain for the Empire versus the Rebellion, I am so freaking tired of it. Like, just being in that timeline at all is a huge turnoff for me. Like... I can still dip into the prequels a little bit, although I think I got enough of that already with everything we've gotten in those timelines. Uh, There's certainly many stories of Jedi you could tell. There's certainly many stories of, like, random people that you could tell in that timeline, you know, that would still be interesting. Like, people we've never met. Like, why don't you tell me a story of some kind of people who were fighting with the separatists and found out that oh wait they were working with the empire all along like some secret intel people like they found out that you know darth sidious was the same guy running the republic that would be a cool story like you imagine them shitting their pants there
1: Tell a story about a, a Jedi that we have only seen in a comic before who's struggling with her mental well-being and is let down by the institution of the Jedi, so she turns to the dark side, but it's not a Jedi that we actually know already, and she doesn't do it in the same way that other characters do. I'm, it's just an idea for It's a just book.
0: something new. It's yeah, like,
1: Delilah Dawson might want to write. You know what I mean? Yeah, like,
0: maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, I it's just like that. that timeline's getting old for me, like so old.
1: Well, I think that leads into my next thing, which is Star Wars doesn't work when Star Wars tries to be too Star Wars. So,
0: yes, I, I love th- I love that wording.
1: I just watched Rebel Moon. Okay, I know you're a Zack Snyder guy, so I want to hear your opinion on it in a second.
0: Okay,
1: I'm going to read you a tweet that I sent out. So I was watching this on the plane. So when I had my layover um, in Atlanta, I took a little bit of a break, and I kind of thought about, all right, you know, like not enjoying this a a ton. So what is it? So this is a tweet I sent out. It says, Halfway through Rebel Moon, and it definitely is Star Wars, without, of course, the creativity, imagination, heart, beauty, characters to care about, themes, cinematography, writing, yes, writing, development, innovation, art, as the characters in the movie would say, everything. Rebel Moon tried so hard to be Star Wars, and it led to a lackluster imitation galaxy with characters that have zero development and half a movie that is in slow motion it is it's the dumpster fire i expected it to be but it is a complete dumpster fire especially if you look at it through the lens of trying to be star wars and i think we can say the same thing for some star wars stories is some of these stories try too hard to be star wars and it leads to them not feeling like Star Wars because part of what makes Star Wars work, yes, we go back to the same themes, yes, we love the development of the characters, but at the heart of what George Lucas was doing with Star Wars, it was telling old stories in new ways. That's part of what made Mandalorian so exciting. Hell, that's part of what made Clone Wars so exciting was we're telling these stories now in animation, now in live action TV, things that we haven't done before, right? Uh, that's part of what excited people about Dooku Jedi Lost. Holy crap, we're getting an audio, like a a audio uh, play, an audio drama of a completely new story. And look what we've been able to get because of that. So not only in medium, but in terms of what kind of story they're telling. If Star Wars tries to be too Star Wars, it ends up not being Star Wars. There is an argument to be made that Andor doesn't feel like Star Wars. That doesn't make it a less phenomenal show. But on paper, if you just go, yeah, we're telling another Rebels vs. Empire story, it's like, God damn, when are we going to stop doing this? And that is something I think I'm excited about the storytellers that we're getting into this new galaxy because as much as I love Dave Filoni, he's starting to fall into that trap a little bit, in my opinion. Um, I'm hoping maybe getting a little more independence in terms of being the head creative will allow him to, you know, go back to things like the weird stuff he did in Clone Wars with Mortis and, um, the innovation of rebels and stop just bringing back the same things over and over again. Because again, if we just do the same things over and over again, it stops feeling like Star Wars. It starts to feel like an imitation of Star Wars like Moon. So I'm excited that we have we're getting a Ray movie told by a female director who has done documentaries. She hasn't done a feature film before. I think that could lead to a lot of really cool things. And also it's just a documentary we're getting,
0: of Ray. Exactly. <laughs> it's just the it's just
1: office, a, but it's Ray. It's, <laughs> it's behind. it's the behind the scenes of the Ray movie that we never actually get. These
0: younglings are <laughs> pissing me the f- off oh. <laughs> yeah
1: right um no and and like stories like james Mangold bringing in these great directors and great writers to tell stories in new eras i think opens up a lot of possibility because we are kind of caught in this trap and i think the high republic and the success of it has really helped break them of this mold but you know even listen i'm about to say something that nobody in the galaxy ever thought i would say even ahsoka Felt like an imitation of Star Wars at times. It felt like, okay, are we just gonna continue all of these callbacks if we're not gonna call it Rebel Season Five? Like do some new things. And then of course we got to the second half and I feel like it really started to do those new things from episode five on. Yeah. But yeah, I just think when Star Wars tries to be Star Wars, it every now and then it, it wins. But look at Rise of Skywalker. The most
0: Star Wars movie that was not Star Wars. (laughs) Like,
1: it fails a a lot because it was trying to be too much like Return of the Jedi and too much action-adventure serial and not the story that needed to be told. And that's what makes Star Wars work.
0: Yeah, which you could, like, you know, if you think about it, everything that I used to talk about, like if you were to break down what happens in the rise of Skywalker, like not give any context, just like bold story breakdown, like Ray and them are hunting for a Sith artifact. Uh, Palpatine has survived on a Sith planet with a bunch of Sith cultists. Like that sounds like my kind of movie, like hands down, like Sith artifacts. We're, we're talking about the Sith. We're talking about a distant planet of the Sith. Like, bro, sign me up. Where do I go? And yet I hate that movie. Like, like, like It just goes to show like that. That's exactly how I feel. And I, I agree with you. It's why I'm so excited for the future because I think, you know, I think Kathleen, if you go down her mind, like it all on paper sounds great. Like the things that, and, and she's adjusted since then. So I'm not holding her to anything anymore. Um, But this stuff sounds great, especially when you look at like the success of the MCU and all that stuff. But like, I think we're gonna find out. Like once we, if if they actually go full in on like doing the new stuff, like the Ray movie is a new chapter. It's a new thing, and they're gonna have to present something new. Um, I think they're gonna find like, hey, this is what we wanted. This is what we needed. This is what we're excited about. We want to get something new, and we want like it to not feel like we want it to be Star Wars, not technically because they're trying to make us like feel like it's Star Wars. I feel like trying something new like when the MCU came out with Captain America the Winter Soldier, it was a completely different tonal shift than what we've been getting in that first phase with the superhero origins of like all the Avengers. And guess what? We all wanted it at the time because that was the first like built-in universe and it really worked. But when they started saying, "Okay, we got this, this is cool." we're going to tell a 70s spy thriller in marvel that was sick like when when the mcu was like telling different genre style stories and different mediums and and try to do different things that's when they were the best they're falling stale now because they're trying to do more of the same and it's failing they're trying to be the mcu while not being while being the mcu but also not being what made the mcu great and i think that's exactly what we need with star wars we need new stories in new uh timelines or um generations because we have to keep pushing the envelope forward and that is also not to sound like a broken record But that's why I do like the Bane books and the Plagueis books. They're just different. They're just different books. Like they're 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 yes, they're darker stories. I get that, but they're different. They're just so much different than what we've gotten before. And by the way, you mentioned Catalyst, James James Luceno, James Luceno, like easy. Why isn't huh?
1: I said, easy for you to say. Yeah,
0: why is he not writing uh, more books? I mean, Catalyst was like in that same world. It was just a, you know, it could have been just a bullshit read before you watched the movie and it was so much more impactful to the actual movie when it came out. It's like there are these things to tell. You just have to go out and find somebody who's not just trying to check off a list and wants to actually tell these stories.
1: Well, can I uh, present to you... Mr. Ryan Johnson and the last Jedi. Absolutely. Um, because one, the man made the movie he wanted to make, but two,
0: which hell yeah, bro. Make your movie. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, here's the thing though. So I think the, the lesson they took around the last Jedi is, Ooh, we need to play it safer. Cause we upset some people. The lesson they should have taken from the last Jedi is, Ooh, when we make new things, we get people talking because that movie came out six years ago. And every single day you can find somebody talking about it. There yes. A lot of it is complaining about it. And a lot of it is negativity, but they're talking, right? But, but and and bought so the
0: damn tickets to go see the sequel ex- regardless. Exactly. And so
1: I have this joke that uh, as a teacher, I never want to be the teacher that somebody forgot. I want to be the teacher when they're sitting around at their 25th, you know, reunion or whatever it is. And they're talking about who is your best teacher? Who is your worst teacher? I just want to be one of those. I don't care which one, because if they're talking about me, they're going to remember what I taught them in class. They may hate me for it, but they're going to remember. And I think that there needs to be a little bit more of that approach to it. Now, I'm not saying just make stuff that's going to piss people off all the time. It's not at all what I'm saying. But how many new conversations are people having around The Force Awakens? I love that movie. I personally have come to think it's the best of the sequel trilogy, but it's not new. It does Star Wars perfectly. It's the inverse of Rise of Skywalker. And you, but you've got The Last Jedi there in the middle of things. And it messes with your head. And it gets you thinking. And when you rewatch it, even if you're rewatching it to go, oh, I just like I hate it so much. If you're hate watching it, you're still watching it. Yeah. Right. And so I think, that you know, we obviously don't want to encourage negativity in the fandom. And I don't want to make it sound like that's what I'm talking about, because there's obviously the toxic element to that. But there's a toxic element to everything that the ends up on the Internet. Right. Like you're not avoiding that. And I think they're trying to avoid that negative element when what they need to be doing is encouraging
0: us to talk about
1: it. Conversations, putting more stories around it. Look at how when Shadow of the Sith came out, look at how much we talked about that in the connections to Rise of Skywalker. We talked about it a lot.
0: And we didn't you know? talk about the negativity of The Rise of Skywalker. We talked exactly. about how this book actually made the fucking movie make a little bit more sense. Exactly. <laughs> like, so, sorry you have to read a book to make it make sense. You shouldn't have to. But like, hey, if, it's, if it exists and it makes it make sense, then thank you for making it make sense. Right. And so
1: I think uh, I'm hoping that they're going to go back to more of a, well, they're talking about it. Because look at the prequels, Right. People talked about the prequels for 20 years, and now we're getting a prequels renaissance.
0: Yep. You and know, a what? lot it's of it was shit-talking. Yep.
1: It's still everywhere, and a lot of prequels talk was shit-talking, but it kept it in the zeitgeist. Yep, and it didn't Tell stop me Star Wars. Exactly. Let's say this Ray movie doesn't come out. Okay? Let's just say it's, it's not even been announced. Let's just say the story of Rey Phanen, Poe and Kylo Ren Ben Solo ends with Rise of Skywalker are the kids 20 years from now going to be creating a sequels renaissance? I'd argue no. Because you're not building upon those stories in new and creative ways. You're just letting that sit there. My point about The Last Jedi is it built on what Star Wars has done in new and creative ways. It doesn't mean everybody has to like it. So I think one of the things that makes Star Wars work is when it takes risks. And one of the things that doesn't make star Wars work is when it plays it safe. That's one of the beautiful things about Andor. It doesn't play it safe.
0: And it is not written by a star Wars fan. It is written yeah. by somebody who is inspired by huge star Wars, risk, which is huge a huge risk, huge thing. Uh, I do want to, um, just, I want to be able to, you know, before we wrap up and we're not, we don't have to wrap up right away, but I just, you, you mentioned rebel moon, um, ryan johnson um all these things when you look at any interview that ryan talks about none of it is apologies it is i made the movie that i wanted to make and Mm -hmm. that's what we needed we needed a conversation going into rebel moon i do want to preface that netflix did a bullshit thing oh well Zack snyder got paid he has a huge contract um they cut that movie in half and his real movie that he made is coming out like in two months, which is stupid. They wanted to capitalize on the Snyder cut. So my opinion about Rebel Moon will not change until, or won't really be formed until I see the actual movie that the director actually intended to make. Um, but one of the things about...
1: Dude, that was the most Zack Snyder fan answer to
0: Anything ever? I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know, I know it's not. But I've been not, hearing that. I've been hearing that since Justice League came. Out. Oh, if, if he got to make the movie, he wanted to make but, but the here, dude mate the dude is responsible for making the movie he presents to people. If they if the parameters are put on him that he has to do X, Y, and Z, he's got to figure out how to tell sure, a story but that you, way. You
0: gotta get you gotta get paid, boo boo. And they and and he he was getting he was getting paid to do that. My man, wanted to my capitalize. man ain't
1: struggling for money. My man no, ain't struggling no, for money.
0: But here's the thing about Zack Snyder. The dude makes the movies he wants, and that's why people... Oh, hold on now. Hold on. Okay, 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 okay. He has this movie that he's made. You will get the final form if you want. Uh, If you want to watch it, you can. That's great. But Zack Snyder has always been a polarizing um, director since day one, and the reason why I like him is because... He makes what he wants to make, and that's what Star Wars needs. Not, I'm not saying they need Zack Snyder specifically. Please Actually, God I think no. that would be a mistake. Oh, that um, is my worst nightmare come even, true. Even though I love Zack Snyder. I love him so much um, as a person, as, as a human, um, as a director. I, and, and the thing is, like the Snyder Cut Justice League is fucking awesome if you cut out all the slow-mo. Like, is if it? you cut out is all the it? slow, it is. It's it's an amazing story. You're not gonna push me away from that. Like it, the Zack Snyder Justice League is the Justice League. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna. I that's where you start getting me into like uh Alex Jones territory when we start talking about Zack Snyder. Because I'm just like they tried to get him. They tried to go. They tried to get him. They tried to break him. They didn't break down. He just kept going. um It gets very fanhole rabbity But we need more directors that are like a ryan or like a zach i'm not saying zach specifically to be in star wars i don't think zach snyder should do star wars i think zach snyder should step away from all written things and just keep creating his worlds and doing it his way that's what i think he should do but we need people like ryan johnson that that can create a conversation well why didn't you like it you know the the, one of the things about the dark tower is people are split on whether they love the ending or didn't love the ending and I love that because I can converse with people about it. And the, the books were so far removed now that it's not like anger talking. It's like we're still talking about it. And but now we're the dust is settled. Now we're having good conversation about it. And when it comes to the the uh, The Last Jedi man, I still think that is the best like visually, cinematically, camera style is the best shot Star Wars movie I have ever seen. Like, I still think it is the best shot Star Wars movie. That's personally, like, a thing for me. We just need to be, like, it's okay. Like, I, as a Star Wars fan, I, I used to get so mad uh, about a lot of things because I just felt like there wasn't care into the movies. Like, when you're, when you're looking into the way they... St- I mean, the rise of Skywalker, it just, it. they said, nah, we're just going to ignore. It was very reactionary. Like they didn't like mm-hmm. Ryan. So we have to bring back JJ and make it make sense. And JJ didn't like Ryan's vision. So he just said, fuck it. I'll do my own thing. We'll just kind of make it work. Whatever. Sorry, Lindsay. I'm not, we'll talk about this, uh, but, but, um, essentially we just need to take risks and guess what i don't care if it's not good as long as it's or i don't care if i don't like it as long as it was made with the intention of like doing something new of i truly thought this was my vision if you don't like it that's fine but this was my vision if you do great i just want them to do that i I don't care i don't have to love everything star wars makes i would be like So dumb to even think I could. But what I don't want is it for it to get stale. I just want them to take a chance. And dude, if I don't like it, but I know somebody really put their heart and soul in it, good. Which at the end of the day, going back to Zack Snyder, whether or not you don't like his DC stuff, that's fine and dandy. And guess what? That's good on you, man. Like, you don't have to like it. But I know, based on all the stuff I've listened to about his storyboards and stuff, the dude fucking loved DC. He loved DC characters. He loved DC comics. And everything that he wrote was with nothing but love and affection for these characters that changed his life. And you, and you didn't have to like it, but he made the movies he wanted to make with those DC movies. And that's all I want out of Star Wars. Is just Get somebody with a good vision who loves this universe and wants to play in it and play ball.
1: I think we we've had those too. like we had Ryan Johnson and you know they kind of let him go but one that they've kept around is Daniel Jose Older I've said for years now I don't like Daniel Jose Older as a writer I, I don't think he writes Star Wars well and I also think he is one of if not the most important Star Wars author we have right now regardless of you know race, gender, anything like that. Like he obviously brings diversity in um, with his background, which is important, but just as far as his stories go, I think they are important because I don't like them. Um, That means that they are doing things new, right? They're doing things creatively because he's telling stories that are just really weird. You know, like Last Shot is a weird book And for me, it's not Star Wars weird, but it's weird. But they're taking those risks, right? And when his stories don't land, they're trusting things and they're trusting the storyteller that they know to continue to tell his stories. And that's something I respect the hell out of Daniel Jose Older for. He tells his stories. He likes what he likes and he's going to do them. I don't know why we don't have more people like that or at least we don't have more people who are upfront about that. You know, I'm sure a lot of uh, Star Wars people would tell you that they're doing that. I would really question how many are truly taking all the risks that you think of versus playing it safe to fit it into to the parameters of Star Wars. But I think that's a good place to wrap and leave it open-ended for for people to come and say, "Hey, this is what works for Star Wars." for me, this is what doesn't. Um,
0: and so, you know yeah. what, after listening to this episode, why don't you, uh, reach out to the Facebook group or reach out to us on Instagram and maybe give us some feedback like on what works and doesn't work for you. And, you know, maybe if, uh, you send that out, we'll, we'll, we'll read it on, on the podcast and see what we think about these opinions. Cause I, I appreciate everybody's opinions.
1: Yeah, no, this is the space to to do it. Of of course, our Facebook group, we've got a great community. Uh, If you still exist over on the X slash Twitter of it all, um, you can find us over there. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, all of those places we're putting out content. We are talking about it. And if you if you particularly want more Zack Snyder and Rebel Moon, Amanda just released a special uh, episode that is on our Patreon and also crossed over to our main feed to uh, talk about Rebel Moon. So check that out. See if you want to become a part of our Patreon to support our mission to put Star Wars books into the classrooms across the country so that hopefully... In the next, you know, 20 years when the sequel trilogy is getting its renaissance, uh, you've got, you know, more more friends coming together and having these debates and discussions about what makes Star Wars work and what doesn't.
0: Yeah, so before we get out of here, why don't you tell us about some of the other things we do here at Clashing Sabers?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, of course, I'm making videos all the time, uh, but the biggest thing is that Patreon, you know, 100% of that goes to uh, buying and shipping books to put into classrooms across the country. It gets them in the hands of teachers uh, and allows them to encourage their students to read. I just uh, spent a week with my mom and it actually came up twice how much her kids loved reading those books when um, somebody nominated her, not me, somebody else, nominated her for um, a book box, Amanda, Uh, is a testament to the fact that like, we really do care about um, these teachers because her and I live 45 minutes from each other and have become great friends because of it. So it's just really sharing the power of Star Wars is really what it's all about. So if you've ever had even a single Star Wars story mean something to you, help us spread that. Go over, donate a dollar. Check out the amazing episodes that she's putting up there.
0: And with that being said, guys, may the Force be with you.
1: Always.